Chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying, that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am also a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Titus Bost. When he had strengthened his disciples by more perfect teaching, he goes to Capernaum to work miracles there. As it is said, when he had ended all his sayings, he entered into Capernaum. Augustine, here we must understand that he did not enter before he had ended these sayings, but it is not mentioned what space of time intervened between the termination of his discourse and his entering into Capernaum. For in that interval the leper was cleansed, whom Matthew introduced in his proper place. Ambrose, but having finished his teaching, he rightly instructs them to follow the example of his precepts. For straightway the servant of a Gentile centurion is presented to the Lord to be healed. Now the evangelist, when he said that the servant was about to die, did not err, because he would have died had he not been healed by Christ. Eusebius. Although that centurion was strong in battle, and the prefect of the Roman soldiers, yet because his particular attendant lay sick at his house, considering what wonderful things the Savior had done in healing the sick, and judging that these miracles were performed by no human power, he sends to him as unto God, not looking to the visible instrument by which he had intercourse with men, as it follows, and when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him, etc. Augustine, how then will that be true which Matthew relates? A certain centurion came to him, seeing that he himself did not come, unless upon careful consideration we suppose that Matthew made use of a general mode of expression. For if the actual arrival is frequently said to be through the means of others, much more may the coming be by others. Not then without reason, the centurion having gained access to our Lord through others, did Matthew, wishing to speak briefly, say that this man himself came to Christ, rather than that those by whom he sent his message, for the more he believed, the nearer he came. Chrysostom, how again does Matthew tell us that the centurion said, I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof, while Luke says here that he beseeches him that he would come? Now it seems to me that Luke sets before us the flatteries of the Jews. 
for we may believe that when the centurion wished to depart the jews drew him back enticing him saying we will go and bring him hence also their prayers are full of flattery for it follows but when they came to jesus they besought him instantly saying that he was worthy although it became them to have said he himself was willing to come and supplicate thee but we detained him seeing the affliction and the body which was lying in the house and so to have drawn out the greatness of his faith but they would not for envy reveal the faith of the man lest he should seem some great one to whom the prayers were addressed but wherein matthew represents the centurion to be not an israelite while luke says he has built us a synagogue there is no contradiction for he might not have been a jew and yet built a synagogue Bede. but herein they show that as by a church so also by a synagogue they were wont to mean not only the assembly of the faithful but also the place where they assembled eusebius and the elders of the jews indeed demand favors for a small sum spent in the service of the synagogue but the lord not for this but a higher reason manifested himself wishing in truth to beget a belief in all men by his own power as it follows then jesus went with them ambrose which certainly he did not do because he was unable to heal when absent but that he might set an example of imitating his humility he would not go to the son of the nobleman lest he should seem thereby to have respected his riches he went immediately here that he might not seem to have despised the low estate of the centurion's servant but the centurion lay aside his military pride puts on humility being both willing to believe and eager to honor as it follows and when he was not far off he sent unto him saying trouble not thyself for i am not worthy etc for by the power not of man but of god he supposed that health was given to man the jews indeed alleged his worthiness for he confessed himself unworthy not only of the benefits but even of receiving the lord under his roof for i am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof chrysostom for as soon as he was freed from the annoyance of the jews he then sends saying think not that it was from negligence that i came not unto thee but i counted myself unworthy to receive thee in my house ambrose but luke well says that friends were sent by the centurion to meet our lord lest by his own coming he might seem both to embarrass our lord and to have called for a requital of good offices hence it follows wherefore neither thought i myself worthy to come unto thee but say in a word and my servant shall be healed chrysostom here observe that the centurion held a right opinion concerning the lord he said not pray but command but in doubt lest he should from humility refuse him he adds for i also am a man set under authority etc he says that he though a man subject to the power of the tribune or governor yet has command over his inferiors that it might be implied that much more is he who is god able not only by the presence of his body but by the services of his angels to fulfill whatever he wishes for the weakness of the flesh or the hostile powers were to be subdued both by the word of the lord and the ministry of the angels and to my servant do this etc chrysostom 
we must here remark that this word, fak, signifies a command given to a servant. So God, when he wished to create man, said not to the only begotten, make man, but let us make man, that by the form of unity in the words he might make manifest the equality of the agents. Because then the centurion considered in Christ the greatness of his dominion, therefore saith he, say in a word, for I also say to my servant. But Christ blames him not, but confirmed his wishes. As it follows, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled. Bede, but who had wrought this very faith in him, save he who marveled? But supposing another had done it, why should he marvel who foreknew it? Because then the Lord marvels, it signifies that we must marvel. For all such feelings, when they are spoken of God, are the tokens not of a wonderstruck mind, but of a teaching master. Chrysostom. But that you might see plainly that the Lord said this for the instruction of others, the evangelist wisely explains, adding, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Ambrose. And indeed, if you read it thus, in none in Israel have I found so great faith, the meaning is simple and easy. But if, according to the Greek, not even in Israel have I found so great faith, faith of this kind is preferred even to that of the more elect, and those that see God. Bede. But he speaks not of patriarchs and prophets in times far back, but of the men of the present age to whom the faith of the centurion is preferred, because they were instructed in the precepts of the law and the prophets. But he, with no one to teach him, of his own accord believed. Ambrose, the faith of the master is proved, and the health of the servant established. As it follows, And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. It is possible, then, that the good deed of the master may advantage his servants, not only through the merit of faith, but the practice of discipline. Bede. Matthew explains these things more fully, saying that when our Lord said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so it be done unto thee, the servant was healed in the same self-hour. But it is the manner of the blessed Luke to abridge or even purposely to pass by whatever he sees plainly set forth by the other evangelists. But what he knows to be admitted by them, or briefly touched upon, to more carefully explain. Ambrose, mystically by the centurion servant, is signified that the Gentile people who were enthralled by the chain of heavenly bondage and diseased with deadly passions are to be healed by the mercy of the Lord. Bede, but the centurion whose faith is preferred to Israel represents the elect from the Gentiles, who, as it were, attended by their hundred soldiers, are exalted by their perfection of spiritual virtues. But the number hundred, which is transferred from the left to the right, is frequently put to signify the celestial life. These then must pray to the Lord for those who are still oppressed with fear in the spirit of bondage. But we of the Gentiles who believe cannot ourselves come to the Lord, whom we are unable to see in the flesh, but ought to approach by faith, we must send the elders of the Jews, that is, we must, by our supplicant entreaties, gain as patrons the greatest men of the church, who have gone before us to the Lord, 
who bearing us witness that we have a care to build up the church, may intercede for our sins. It is well said that Jesus was not far from the house, for his salvation is nigh unto them that fear him. And he who rightly uses the law of nature, in that he does the things which he knows to be good, approaches nigh unto him who is good. Ambrose, but the centurion wished not to trouble Jesus, for whom the Jewish people crucified, the Gentiles desired to keep inviolate from injury, and, as touching a mystery, he saw that Christ was not yet able to pierce the hearts of the Gentiles. Bede, the soldiers and servants who obey the centurion are the natural virtues, which many who come to the Lord will bring with them in great numbers. Theophylact, or in another way, the centurion must be understood as one who stood foremost among many in wickedness, as long as he possesses many things in this life, i.e. is occupied with many affairs or concerns. But he has a servant, the irrational part of the soul, that is, the irrescapable and concupiscent part, and he speaks to Jesus, the Jews acting as mediators, that is, the thoughts and words of confession, and immediately he received his servant whole. Verses 11 through 17. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that laid him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea, and throughout all the region round about. Cyril, the Lord joins one miracle upon another. In the former instance he came indeed when called for, but in this he came self-invited, as it is said, and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Bede, Nain is a city of Galilee within two miles of Mount Tabor, but by the divine counsel there were large multitudes accompanying the Lord, that there might be many witnesses of so great a miracle. Hence it follows, and his disciples went with him, and much people. Gregory of Nisau. Now the proof of the resurrection we learn not so much from the words as from the works of our Savior, who, beginning his miracles with the less wonderful, reconciled our faith to far greater. First, indeed, in the grievous sickness of the centurion's servant, he verged upon the power of resurrection. Afterwards, with a higher power, he led men to the belief in a resurrection, when he raised the widow's son, who was carried out to be buried. As it is said, Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, Titus Bost. But someone will say of the centurion's servant that he was not going to die that such an one might restrain his rash tongue. The evangelist explains that the young man whom Christ came upon was already dead, the only son of a widow, for it follows, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. Gregory of Nisau. 
He has told us the sum of misery in a few words. The mother was a widow and had no further hope of having children. She had no one upon whom she might look in the place of him that was dead. To him alone she had given suck. He alone made her home cheerful. All that is sweet and precious to a mother was he alone to her. Cyril, these were sufferings to excite compassion, and which might well affect to mourning and tears. As it follows, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, saying, Weep not. Bede, as if he said, Cease to weep for one as dead, whom you shall soon see rise again alive. Chrysostom, but when he bids us cease from weeping, who consoles the sorrowful, he tells us to receive consolation from those who are now dead, hoping for their resurrection. For life meeting death stops the bier, as it follows, and he came. Cyril, he performs the miracle not only in word, but also touches the bier, to the end that you might know that the sacred body of Christ is powerful to the saving of man. For it is the body of life and the flesh of the omnipotent word, whose power it possesses. For as iron applied to fire does the work of fire, so the flesh, when it is united to the word, which quickeneth all things, becometh itself so quickening, and the banisher of death. Titus paused. But the Savior is not like to Elias mourning over the son of the widow of Sarepta, nor as Elisha who laid his own body upon the body of the dead, nor as Peter who prayed for Tabitha, but is none other than he who calls those things which be not as though they were, who can speak to the dead as to the living, as it follows, and he said, Young man, Gregory of Nisau, when he said young man, he signified that he was in the flower of his age, just ripening into manhood, who but a little while before was the sight of his mother's eyes, just entering upon the time of marriage. The scion of her race, the branch of succession, the staff of her old age. Titus paused, but straightway he arose to whom the command was made, for the divine power is irresistible. There is no delay, no urgency of prayer, as it follows, and he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he gave him to his mother. These are the signs of a true resurrection, for the lifeless body cannot speak, nor would the mother have carried back to her house her dead and lifeless son. Bede, but well does the evangelist testify that the Lord is first moved with compassion for the mother, and then raises her son, that in the one case he might set before us, for our imitation, an example of piety, and the other he might build up our belief in his wonderful power. Hence it follows, and there came a fear upon all, and they glorified God, etc. Cyril, this was a great thing, in an insensible and ungrateful people, for in a short time afterward they would neither esteem him as a prophet nor allow that he did aught for the public good. But none of those that dwelt in Judea were ignorant of this miracle, as it follows, and this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea. Maximus. But it is worthy of remark that seven resurrections are related before our Lord's, of which the first was the son of the widow of Sarepta, the second of the Shunammite's son, the third which was caused by the remains of Elisha, the fourth which took place at Nain, as is here related, the fifth of the ruler of the synagogue's daughter, 
the sixth of Lazarus, the seventh at Christ's passion, for many bodies of the saints arose. The eighth is that of Christ, who being free from death, remained beyond for a sign that the general resurrection which is to come in the eighth age shall not be dissolved by death, but shall abide never to pass away. Bede, but the dead man who is carried without the gate of the city in the sight of many signifies a man rendered senseless by the deadening power of mortal sin, and no longer concealing his soul's death within the folds of his heart, but proclaiming it to the knowledge of the world, through the evidence of words or deeds, as through the gate of the city. For the gate of the city, I suppose, is some one of the bodily senses, and he is well said to be the only son of his mother, for there is one mother composed of many individuals. The church, but every soul that remembers that it is redeemed by the death of the Lord, knows the church to be a widow. Ambrose, for this widow, surrounded by a great multitude of people, seems to be more than the woman who was thought worthy by her tears to obtain the resurrection of her only son, because the church recalls the younger people from the funeral procession of life by the contemplation of her tears, who is forbid to weep for him to whom the resurrection was promised. Bede, or the dogma of Novatius is crushed, who, endeavoring to do away with the purifying of the penitent, denies that the mother church, weeping for the spiritual extinction of her sons, ought to be consoled by the hope of their restoration to life. Ambrose, this dead man was born on the bier by the four material elements to the grave, but there was a hope of rising again because he was born on wood, which though before it did not benefit us, yet after Christ has touched it, began to profit unto life, that it might be a sign that salvation was to be extended to the people by the wood of the cross. For we lie lifeless on the bier, when either the fire of immoderate desire bursts forth, or the cold moisture breaks out, and through the sluggish state of our earthly body, the vigor of our minds waxes dull. Bede, or the coffin on which the dead is carried, is the ill at ease conscience of a desperate sinner, but they who carry him to be buried are either unclean desires or the allurements of companions, who stood when our Lord touched the bier, because the conscience, when touched by dread of the judgment from on high, often checking its carnal lusts, and those who unjustly praise, returns to itself and answers its Savior's call to life. Ambrose, if then thy sin is so heavy that by thy penitential tears thou canst not wash it out, let the mother church weep for thee, the multitude standing by. Soon shalt thou rise from the dead and begin to speak the words of life. They all shall fear, for by the example of one all are corrected. They shall also praise God, who has given us such great remedies for escaping death. Bede. But God has visited his people, not only by the one incarnation of his word, but by ever sending it unto our hearts. Theophylact. By the widow also you may understand a soul that has lost her husband in the divine word. Her son is the understanding, which is carried out beyond the city of the living. Its coffin is the body, which some indeed have called the tomb. But the Lord touching him raises him up, causing him to become young, and rising from sin, he begins to speak and teach others. 
for before he would not have been believed. End of chapter 7, verses 1 through 17.